what's new in the Sobrata world, Hill? So I went from, I feel like I started my freelancer journey not really understanding what freelancing was, and I was still very much in the employee mindset. So I had a client, but like in my mind, my mentality, I was like, oh, but they're my employer, because they were like my only client. So I kind of had all my eggs in one basket, and it felt very much like an employee-employee relationship without the benefits. <laughs> and so I felt a need to kind of diversify, and like that's the whole point of having a business, a freelancing career is having different streams of income. Well, Hill, let's show them how you use your skill sets to get there. First off, I want to reiterate something that I said to you is you have to eliminate the preconceptions of business. You have to come in here with a fresh roadmap. And when I say the word business, don't think of any mold that you've already seen. Can we like substitute the word, like create a new word? Yes, I'll be in charge of that. No! <laughs> create a new word for like, what? Like a, like um, <laughs> am I going off the rails no. here? No. <laughs> <laughs> because business, we have these, so like these, it's like it feels heavy and scary. Mm -hmm. So we need to exchange it for a word like um, sunshine. <laughs> Creating sunshine. Oh. Create your own um, sunshine. Or yes. some, some word that feels more accessible. Yeah, sure. Uh, like a lemonade stand. Well, that's a business. <laughs> I like sunshine. sunshine. It's a little abstract. It feels like we're back on four elements. <laughs> Create your own sunshine. That's nice. It's a nice place. I like the Virgin Islands. Yeah. Or you guys call it VA now because the VI, VI. not Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> See, I haven't been there. I'm not in the in club. Whenever you say VI, I feel very left out. Really? <laughs> not. <laughs> okay, so, so when you're creating, creating your sunshine, sunshine, yes, you need to first define the things that you offer, right? And you're not thinking of specialization, you're thinking of, of broad. I put simplified copywriting, because I wanted to niche it like, anyway, copywriting basically, mm -hmm. translation. Mm -hmm. I got stuck. Um, also. <laughs> Don't um, feel pressured. No, with content, because you've been good at creating, creating content, you're good at that creative side. Ah, ah, the creative part. Yes. So graphic design some? Yeah, I can lean yeah. into that. But I don't think right. it's a developed skill yet. It's an, we're not talking about no. skills. We're talking about solutions. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm good at knowing if something is aesthetic or not. Like mm -hmm. being able to, what do you call it? Like you at, like um, QA. QA. Right. Quality assurance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say like for me too, like I've taken design classes. I know balance, mm -hmm. but if it's like between me or one of the graphic designers that we worked with, like they design 10 times better than me. Right. So it's better for me to like use them for the service, for the solution. Mm -hmm. And for me to um, present the quality to the customer. Mm -hmm. What do you have now? Okay. <clears throat> I wrote down some of the solutions I could offer is, um, I could help identify the unhealthy habits that this person has or unhealthy ingredients. Um, recommending like food recommendations, speaking about toxins in everyday products. That's I did it wrong. I wrote down service. I didn't write down solutions. Like Val did it like, um, no, that's, that's totally fine. There's no wrong way to do it. Like what you've just found as divergent information. So you can take the, the style that she brainstormed as mm -hmm. and adopt it as your own. Yeah. But, but if, you, if you were to come in with the preconception of how to develop solutions, you might not have thought of it because mm -hmm. you're now you're trying to filter it through her worldview. 
True. And, and what you said earlier about recognizing um, how to... Um, Simplified. Co- no, how oh, to the uplift, QA. like, what? Yeah, the Q8 part, identifying what's not aesthetically pleasing or something. Yeah. Also, I have a passion for paring down copy and, like, you know, some. Would that be copy editing? Well, it's copyright. Well, I guess, like, you're good at helping people simplify their ideas, like, getting to the gist of, like, what mm-hmm. you're saying. Storyboarding. You're good at storyboarding and mm-hmm. making storylines. Mm-hmm. You're really yeah. Good well, at I that. put content writing because copywriting oh, is is to make a sale. Is like writing to try like specifically to make a sale, and then content writing is more like storytelling, like oh, building okay. a brand. I learned that. Cool. So yeah, those were mine. And translation. Uh, can I just throw in there too that I forgot yeah. to say I've changed many a lifestyle thing because you told me what stuff i read ingredients now that i when i go to the grocery store that's so sometimes cool. i read them and pretend i did it but <laughs> <laughs> because i still want to buy it but i know I'm much and i learned that the first ingredient is the one that has the most mm. um that percentage yeah uh-huh the highest so if you're oh like we were getting aloe the other day and we we're looking at the ingredients for aloe and like there was only one aloe bottle where the first ingredient was aloe Oh, like all the lotion, rest, yeah. like an aloe uh-huh. topical thing? Yeah. Anyway. I know. Does it, yeah, ingredients make all the difference. I think there's oh. a... That's a good one. So, like, like how to read... Ingredient uh, education. Well, you kind of... I guess... Yeah. I, I don't know if that's ingredient education or what is that? Like, how to read marketing... How to read, um, like, the marketing, the bottles, yeah. the boxes. How to... How to buy. How to shop. <laughs> Maybe how to <laughs> shop. yourself. How to shop? Is that? That sounds silly. (gasps) Because you're also very budget conscious. Mm. And that is, believe me, that is a pain. Because I hesitate to buy like organic and things like that. Because all I can think about is the price. Yeah. But you are, dare I say, frugal. Yeah, I'm frugal. So how do you? Budget conscious, healthy shopping. I like that. So I think what I've realized in working with you both one-on-one for a long time is that you both have this character trait that is very common. I don't deal with it a lot in the customers that I work with, but I deal with it a lot in the freelancers that I try to train. And it's this, this looming self-doubt that you don't have what it takes to be good. Mm-hmm. And you have to recognize that is, that is a character flaw that you can change, but recognize that it is a character flaw not that it is part of who you are. Do mm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that is prohibiting you from believing in possibility. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So if you understand that concept and you agree with it and you have that self-awareness to say, both of you guys are in that same boat, but you can see each other's potential, mm-hmm. you know? And so you can, you can understand like, okay, I can believe a little bit of what Josh is saying. Like, he's not alone in seeing my potential, you know, that other people see my potential and that it's just a matter of me believing in myself. And that's something that I have to learn over time. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your main problem today or that you me, expressed Hillary. Hillary. Yeah. Hillary's main problem today was she was telling me that she doesn't know if she'll find that motivation, that fire for running her own business. And so the secret to finding the fire is knowing who to target your customers or who to target your services to, which customer segment. So now I want you to reach back into your mental history and see 
which people you've helped with those solutions over the last 30 years and who has fulfilled you the most and try to describe those demographics, you know, what companies or what people try to describe those demographics in the who column and the customers. But your question is different from here. So who are you solving it for to find the customer? Okay. But you're asking me who have we've helped with these in the past? Who has fulfilled you the most when you've helped them? Like, oh, okay. And write those people down. Yeah. Like, to serve. yeah. So like if, if you, if you helped one person in particular, what was their demographic? Mm -hmm. But that person in particular, like you might've helped two people and one person has given you this extreme sense of fulfillment and accomplishment, mm. you know, like because of like their affirmations or just the way that you see that the service was valued. No, because of their like demographics. Like I, you know, have this calling to work with neighbors, individuals experiencing homelessness, you know, and, when I see somebody come from that level of poverty and, and move to some type of freelancer marketplace or, you know, this, this self-sustainability, like it's hugely rewarding for me. And I know I'm meant to do that with that segment. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think where you guys are, are missing that is your niche, your, your customers are not in your niche. Mm -hmm. So you're less motivated, you have less of a fire because you're not hitting that niche. You're not marketing to those mm -hmm. people. Because we're just, it's self, like, um, realization of when have we felt most fulfilled after we provided some sort of solution, some sort of service yeah. that we provided. Mm -hmm. Like, who, who was that? Whom? <laughs> no. <laughs> who, who was that? Myth. <laughs> and... Uh, what kind of person are they so that you'd like to service in the future? Mm -hmm. And they may not have been receptive to the solutions, you know, but you might have known that like you were more energized mm -hmm. to serve them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I see what you're saying. What comes to mind, Hills? Well, the first one that came to mind, well, you guys were there, but we met some employer at a random coffee shop, uh, a guy at a random coffee shop, and he heard us speaking Spanish and... I guess he had an employee in his business who only spoke Spanish, not English. He was having trouble communicating with her. And so he asked if I could help translate because I guess they were having like an HR issue. And so I helped translate for um, this employee. And I just remember thinking like it was so nice to work with this guy who like, you know, doesn't speak Spanish, like doesn't necessarily have to care about this employee. I mean, there's tons of employers who don't care about you know, or they, they don't have that passion to be able to communicate with their employees. And, um, he did. And, and, you know, I, he was even trying to learn Spanish. And so I loved that feeling of being able to build that bridge between the two people. And I felt very fulfilled by that. And like, glad that I got to work with someone who had was open to that, like building that bridge, you know? Okay. So that came to mind. Did you write any more people down? Don't list them. I just want to know if yes. Yeah, I did. Well, I I do enjoy working with like Hispanics who. Or you can list them. <laughs> he said, "Don't list them. Don't just, list." Do them. you have anyone else? So yeah. yes, she does. Yes. <laughs> I don't know okay. if there's a reason. Val, who who did you write down? What type of demographic? Um. So I first put not quite a demographic, but someone with a, a particular mindset, someone that's um, receptive and eager to implement 
because okay. I don't want to speak to someone that's just like super stuck in their ways that only want McDonald's 24 right. seven and they just don't see a point right? because they don't understand that health. Wait, didn't you guys do like a midnight taco run bell last night? <laughs> taco run bell? <laughs> Dang it, my delivery was off. <laughs> a taco bell run last night? Yeah. Against yeah. <laughs> against my my uh, against her wishes. Yeah. Yes, and I did not get anything from Taco Bell. I did compromise. I didn't want to. Did you put like a bag over your head so people wouldn't see you in a Taco Bell drive-through to ruin no. your credibility? <laughs> no, but I did splurge and say, "Well, I'll grab some fries from the Wendy's, so I could munch and a baked potato." Hmm. I got a baked potato, which out of fast food, I'm like, at least I have a baked potato with some chives and sour cream right there on the side which i enjoyed yeah, sorry but anyhow <clears throat> but taco bell yeah against my wishes mm-hmm. i didn't I see we just lost our sponsor <laughs> <laughs> okay so you've got you've got receptive yeah people. the mindset yeah okay so i have our set. so someone with an acute ailment uh mid-20s to 40s you're going down your list right yes so just stop at receptive got it okay so Hillary, would your customers be receptive to your solutions? Or are you looking for people that, that are challenging? No, I'd love someone who just um, emails in. me at every hour of the day with complaints. And I'm kidding. Yes, of course, I'd love for them to be receptive. That's definitely a requirement. Right. So I think both of you guys are defining qualities that that we want, right? We want these types of people, but not the demographic, right? So it's great to keep that receptive keyword there mm-hmm. and to know that this is going to be a filter. And if you look at the way that I've handled previous clients, like this is one of the main mm-hmm. things that I'm looking for is receptivity. So Hillary, what's your next demographic? Well, I, I don't know if it's too specific, but like Hispanics that are facing barriers and like succeeding in the American market, like who maybe aren't like need help with that. So Hispanics that are facing barriers in succeeding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like there's obstacles for them to succeed. Uh huh. Got yeah. it. Okay. Great. Val. Um, someone with an acute ailment. Okay. Can you describe like what type of ailment? Like if someone has something that just occurred, it's not like they were born with, you know, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, like a food allergy potentially, or like if they have a cold or a lingering cough, something like that. Okay. Which Great. is opposite of like chronic. Yeah. I don't know if you want me to go further. No. So, so as I'm hashing out one person, the other person should be taking notes of things that come to mind. Like try to filter the answers of one person through, through your own mind and say like, okay, she described her customer segment like that. Maybe mine could be like this, you know? So allow yourself to come up with more ideas as I'm exercising the other person's. Right. Okay. So now I want you to dive a little bit deeper and, and look at demographics. I want, I want to know age ranges that fit your mold. Like, Got it. because if you're saying receptive, we know there's a certain age range of people that are receptive, mm-hmm. right? Well, so just sometimes. Yeah, right? but I do have a demographic that I've. Okay, what's your demographic? Um, someone in their mid twenties to um, early forties. Okay. Females. Okay. Um, but I've, I'm, with males as well. It's just, like I said before, it has to be a level of understanding that. 
I guess if they would ask for my service, they already had that level of understanding. Yeah. Maybe. But maybe you're marketing to only females because they could be more receptive to. Or health. because it's easier to talk about like intimate things. Okay. Mm -hmm. Female mm -hmm. to female. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. So um, now you need that same level of demographic, like age range of those Hispanic business owners. The more I think about it, though, the more I'm like, and I don't want to narrow myself down, but I just keep thinking, because I had never thought of this before, but there is like a, a target of, you know, employers, because there is such a huge Hispanic workforce now, and there is such a gap between employers and their employees sometimes. And, but then I don't know what that demographic is. So you might be looking for... Because um, part of, half of it's like, oh, American, you know... American business owners with Hispanic workforces or... Hispanic business owners. Yeah. Those are your two demographics. Mm -hmm. So I would write okay. those two down. Now, Val, you're going to now take these customers, these females, mm -hmm. and I want you to describe those acute illnesses in the problem column. So like in that first person view, and you don't have to share them if they're personal ones like that you don't want to share on the podcast, but like go through some examples of you know, I have this and I need to know how to solve it. So same thing with you is you have now two customer segments. Mm -hmm. So you want to target each one of those and say, I have, you know, Hispanic workers and I don't know how to connect with them. Now attach your problem to your customer to your solution. Draw a line. What you might find in this process, you didn't, you didn't go to solution. When you start going to solution, you're going to define, you're going to see that you're missing a solution because translation doesn't fully encompass what you need to do for that customer mm -hmm. to solve that problem. Rewrite the solution to solve the problem directly. Like saying, Simbrata helps what? First, first tell me the problem. The first demographic is I have Hispanic workers and I don't know how to connect with them. Okay. And who has that problem? American business owners. Okay. And how do you help them solve it? Just dictate it to me. Um, well, one is the physical materials, being able to have things for them in Spanish. I might look for more something like, first I meet with the, the business owner and I understand what they need to convey to the employee. What are, what are they missing? What is the employee missing? Or even just audit, like, because of what I found with this other employer was he was more um, aware that an issue that was happening with the employee was because of a language barrier. But I think a lot of employers don't even realize that a lot of issues are misunderstandings or like cultural misunderstandings. So it's almost like having a, an overall, like what are some issues that you're dealing with? So I, I educate the customer on what issues they may be experiencing because of language barriers. Oh, yeah. And then I audit their workforce to understand how to target them. Mm -hmm. And then I develop solutions using translation methods, graphic design and content writing yeah. so that they feel like there's a comprehensive solution for their employee that doesn't speak English to understand what I want to come across with. Can I get this recording later? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, working harder to, to to get more clients and use a lot of the skills that I learned to to like market my abilities. I think a big thing for me was understanding like that unique skill set that I had because you know with imposter syndrome and stuff, I'm like, who needs another copywriter? Everyone can write. And now with ChatGPT, it's like, well, literally, 
robots can just do it for me. Mm-hmm. But realizing that like the mixture of, you know, Spanish and, and, you know, copywriting skills and cultural awareness, like those are good. I don't know, you put them together. So I expanded to doing more like interpreting roles through my company and, and you know, using my Spanish and that's created a lot of fulfillment too. And that wraps up part two of our journey today, folks. We hope Hillary's and Valerie's experiences have given you some food for thought and practical strategies for your own career journey. Before we sign off, we want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Cresio.com. They're committed to empowering the underprivileged by offering pay-what-you-can consultations for a limited time. And don't forget, you too can join the conversation and apply for a free consultation session live on air with Hillary, Valerie, and yours truly at ScalingSideHustles.com. Who knows, you might be our next guest. See you next time, side hustlers.